And uh, welcome back to Soulback. This is the RB Podcast. Kyle here back with Tom and Ed. Guys, another week and another podcast. And uh, looking forward to this one as usual. Yes, another podcast. We're at a weird time. Thank my boys for accommodating me. Your boy was a little under the weather last night, so we couldn't do our usual time. But we're back on a Sunday morning, and I saw those Lil Nas X tweets. So Lord knows y'all need <laughs> Jesus on a Sunday morning. Rumor has that you were out of commission last week because you were choking on a chicken bone. That's what Actually, you get for eating that so aggressively. Mm. <laughs> First of all, I need you not to criticize my chicken consumption. When you leave 90% of the meat on the bone, it is disgusting. It's also Starting very safe. Children out there. It might be disgusting. It's also very safe. <laughs> it's safe. Well, good Lord, you're hungry. How do you mm. go to bed? Kyle, can I tell you something? I'm so fired up from last episode. We had that great discussion about Bruno Mars. Man, everyone was disagreeing with me, I think, across the board. And then our friend Dan Bamber reached out to me all the way from Australia this morning and said he 100% agreed with me. Wow. Thank you, Dan Bamber. He said it sounded like something that was copying the 70s, sounded dated. That's one for the good guys right there. Well, um Two people were wrong, but there's there's <laughs> like shout out to my man Dan because we have debated that before, so it's no surprise that he was on your side this time. But there's always a next time to get it right. Oh man, my boy Bamber. Uh, before we get into our weekly R&B trivia, which Ed I destroyed you in last week, hands oh, down. Oh, don't start this again. Hands Oof. down, and we haven't even gotten to the chicken intermission yet. But Tom, <laughs> I was at the store yesterday. And I have to ask you guys this question. Is Frank's the best hot sauce? No. Frank's? Uh, I'm puzzled because I don't, I don't eat hot Frank's sauce. Is. Hot sauce. Now, hot sauce is, is a little risky Google. in my opinion. You haven't hot had sauce. That'll burn right through your tongue. What do you do with hot it's sauce? It's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, I like I'm not big in the hot sauce because it's, mm. oh, okay, I know what Frank's is. We actually have Frank's in the freezer. But anyway, um, I'm not big in the hot sauce because it's overpowering. Like, I don't want to taste something and it tastes like hot. I want mm. my sauce to taste, to kind of yes. complement the food, not completely overpower it. I thought Texas Pete was oh, the yes. par excellence, but that's just me. Oh, yes. Listen, if, if you're eating a meal and you've got to go... <laughs> and you're sweating and your face is red. How is that an enjoyable meal, guys? You're burning ca- what... <laughs> you're, you're, you're burning calories while you're eating. You, it doesn't get better than that. Actually, that's that's a smart tip right there. That's that's important. <laughs> Tom, it's time for our weekly R&B trivia, which again, Ed, that was... Have you ever played Mike Tyson Knockout for Super <laughs> Nintendo? <laughs> First of all, it's game. called Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. So mm. yes, I've played it. Obviously, you have not. I have Oof. not. No. Yeah, I think the last Super Nintendo fighting game I played was like, what is it, Killer Instinct? You remember that game? Oh, Killer oh. Instinct, of course. That was a fun and game. And I've got punched out on my little Super Nintendo Mini over here. Mm. Okay, well, Tom, break it down for us. You have a trivia every week that you do. You started with the people first, and now you've, you're going to do it with us. Yeah, yeah, we had this great trivia online with some of our supporters. You guys, last week, it was it was a little embarrassing at times. I thought you guys were the R&B experts. Uh Ed could barely even name a portrait song. <laughs> For, who was alive when portrait was here? I was the only one. You two were embryos and toddlers. Listen, so I came up with some categories. I asked each Kyle and Ed to 
answer a trivia question from that category. Mm-hmm. Listen, guys, I toned it down this week. We've got some easier questions. Oh, we don't need to you. make anyone look bad, you know, so we got to represent for R&B. If you're playing along at home, we'll give you a few seconds to answer each one, uh, and we'll get right into the first category. That is, name the group members. I'm going to name a group. You tell me the group members. Ed, Jeanne. We've done this before. I hate the group number game because <laughs> oh, I can on. never remember people's names. Really? That's an no, easy I can one. never. I, of course, I know who John A is because I love him, but I can't remember the two ladies. It's because I, I mix them up with, unfortunately, my girls from Changing Faces because I always mm. call somebody Cassandra. And that's not their name. So one is Renee. And yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forget. My other girl's name. I, I got it. I got it. Renee. I got it. I got it. It's Ooh. it's uh, it's Jean. Jean is correct. Wow, okay. <laughs> that's good. Between guys. the two of us, we got it. That's that's teamwork right there. I don't think Kyle's gonna need help with his question. Total name the three members. Kyle. Oh, you always give Kyle the <laughs> easy ones. <laughs> Why is that easy? Because they have an old album with their names thrown across the top. No, that's cheap. All right, all right, hold on, hold on. Let me let me think about this. Uh, <sighs> uh, Pam. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Girl. Kima. Yes. Uh huh. And I hear it in my he- I hear it in my head right now. I hear Missy saying it. Keisha. Yes. Oh. Yes. Good job. Hell yeah. All right, next category. Name three songs by. I'm going to tell you an artist. You name three songs by that artist. Let's hope we don't have a repeat of last week's embarrassment. Shout out to Portrait. We still love you. We can't name your songs, but. Mm. <laughs> I was just blanking on the first song. Ed, yours is Carrie Hilson. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my girl, Carrie. <laughs> I didn't give you that one, Kyle. I gave that my, one yes. Ed, Ed, you got to know my girl, Carrie. She looks of good. She writes good. She sings good. You, you got to know this one. I mean, check wow. out the Soul and Stereo Cypher on Facebook. We were just talking about her yesterday and the unfortunate, quote unquote, Beyonce curse. We, I'll get into that in another mm. combo. But let's talk about the songs I actually like from her. I love Energy. I feel like we don't talk about that one enough. That one's cool. Um, what's the joint with the, the Chris Brown song? Um, uh, I can't think of it right now, but I love that song. I'll go with the song that they ran into the ground, knock you down. Sometimes love. Uh, every time that came on, I was like, okay, y'all. I've heard it a hundred thousand times. Yep. We good. But since I'm blanking on the Chris Brown song, I'll do the Lil Wayne song, turning me on. Now, Pretty Girl Rock, was that another one? That was another one that got played to yeah. death. In 2009, she was everywhere. <laughs> Good job, Ed. You got it. Kyle, yours is a little harder, actually. All right. Mario Winans. Ooh. All right. <laughs> you can do this. I can do this. He All got right. this one. So we, don't, we have I Don't Want to Know. We have Never Really Was. And we... Ooh. What's the third one? No features, right? No. That's cheap. No, no features. No. Mm thinking here come on name his debut single from his first album on Motown. i, I, I hear you know I, kyle is not gonna know that i hear <laughs> I, no i've got nothing oh it's <laughs> almost like i don't want to know i want to know 
Wait, that's by <laughs> that's by Joe. I, I don't know. I got nothing here. Don't know is what it's called. Oh, that that sort of wow. counts. It. I don't. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting because we could actually name. We could literally name his whole production discography. We love Mario Winans. All yeah, right, moving on. <laughs> yeah, singles is tough. It's tough. It is. That was a tough one. One hit wonder category. These are artists okay. who the internet is calling one hit wonders. It's just not our classification. I thought it'd be interesting. I'm going to tell you the name of a song. Tell me that artist who's considered a one hit wonder. Mm. Ed, yours is a song called This Little Game We Play. Oh my gosh, that's my boys. Subway. <laughs> Shout out 702. <laughs> that is the first time we've mentioned Subway, I think, ever in this show. I don't know. Well, we should mention them again. Well, yeah. maybe not. This is their one song. But <laughs> Kyle, yours is the song Ice Cream. Oh, oh he knows this. That's that's JS featuring. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, produced and written by the guy we're not allowed to talk about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and shout out to Mr. Biggs as well. Yes. All right. Good job, guys. Moving on. Fourth question. Name the year this group. Sorry, not this group, but this artist debuted. It is a group for both of them. Okay. What year did their debut album come out? Ed, yours is Guy. Oh, this was like <sighs> this is when Ed was in diapers. No, I was I was in middle school. Um, middle no, I think school. I was like, I think I was like in sixth grade. So damn, you're old. Either eighty nine <laughs> or ninety. Damn, you're old. Nineteen eighty eight. Eighty eight. Oh, I was close. I was close. Close, close. Kyle, Blackstreet. Blackstreet was. That's and you might was. actually have been in diapers. I don't know. Yeah, I think I was. He was. He was. That was ninety three. 94? 94. Oh. Yep. 94. I was in freshman in high school. Was it like January 94? No. I don't have that information. In front felt, of me. felt like a 93 album. Oh, jeez. No, Al- album was probably created in 93, so that, that sort of counts. That counts? All right, we're How do you even now. have memories? You probably don't have memories from 93. What are you no, talking don't. about? No, I don't. <laughs> All right. Last category for the win. This is the duets category. I'm going to name two artists. You tell me the name of the song they had together as a duet. Right. Ed, yours is Chico DeBarge and Joe. Oh, it's the jail song. What is it? <laughs> the jail song. What jail song? <laughs> There's a shout out to my man. I, well, actually, I won't get into it. That's too controversial. Anyway, if you're a fan of Styles P, not Styles P, Sean P, Sean Price, RIP Sean Price, he has a hilarious bar about Chico DeBarge. But I won't name it here because we got to keep it R&B. <laughs> when you said Styles <laughs> P, I thought, you're, I thought you were going to say uh, that Akon song, Locked Up. Oh, like, no. <laughs> no, we're we not doing that one. Um, what is the Chico and Joe song? I can see the video. This is actually one of my favorite songs, believe it or not. Oh, you've mentioned it before. And it was on the album of Chico's that involved jail, but he just got out. There was a exactly. About. That's why I didn't want to put it there because Sean Price's bar is hilarious. Um, not no interruptions because that's my that's our boy Donnell. Darnell. No guarantees. No guarantees. Yes. Good job. Knew mm. no something. <laughs> Kyle. All right. Faith Evans and Eric Benet. Mm. Oh, isn't that uh Georgie Porgy? Yes. Good yeah. job. Yep. yep. That's a good Great song. song. That's a good song. Yep. Wait, All is right. that Tom? Is that song better or the Tamiya and Eric Benet record? Well, the Tamiya and Eric Benet is like a 
one of the best ballads ever That's of the nineties. That's true. But yeah, this, I love this faith. Yeah, I don't listen to that one because I don't listen to slow songs really anymore. So this faith and Eric Benet one is for me. It's a little more groovy for you. Yes, I need that groove, guys. You know I'm talking oh, about God. Ed. That that uh, silk. Don't remind me. Ed, that silk sonic groove is what he's missing. <laughs> don't get him started on that. Him and Bamber listen, sitting in the corner you, being curmudgeons. What are you sitting around in a dark room listening to sad songs, guys? Come on, we need oh, a groove. Man. Yes. Yes, that's what I do. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Jeez, all right, we're done. Good job, guys. Who won? I think I won, right? I think it might have been a tie. No, I think Kyle won, actually. Yeah. Good job, well, Kyle. You can't just give it to Kyle. No, who was taking score? <laughs> Is Damon still here? Damon beats taking score no, on Ed, Ed, that was equivalent to like if we were playing Street Fighter and our health was at like one bar each. And then I pressed like down kick and I just like swept you. <laughs> but you had zero energy in your bar. That yep. happens all the time with my brother with that stupid E Honda and those slaps. Yeah. <laughs> Many screaming battles over that. Yep. Oh boy. Ed, you seem like a jump jumping kick type of guy in Street Fighter. You I, just jump I and am kick. Very much a jump and kick kind of guy. Oh, that that's is awful. <laughs> <laughs> that's not real fighting. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, Tom, thank you for that uh, lovely installment of the R&B trivia. And I hope the people at home watching this are also uh, taking part in this. I want to see how good you guys are at this. And uh, hit us up when you you do uh, get 100% and maybe we'll get you on this and have you go head to head with Ed. You might win, but we'll see. We'll Uh, see. We'll see. Um, Can we talk about Chris Brown for a second, guys? No, do we have to? Well, I just read a very significant stat, and I think it opens up a bigger conversation. So there is this chart known as the R&B and hip-hop airplay chart. This is like the songs that the radio plays, and they do a chart on it. And Mm -hmm. for the longest time, that chart was like dominated by the people like Mariah Carey, Mary J. Blige, Maxwell. And then back in like 2013, 2012, Miguel broke the records with Adorn. And then recently, LMA broke the records with Boot Up. Yep. And now, or or last year, Chris Brown broke the records with No Guidance with Drake. And his new record, Go Crazy with Young Thug, which I didn't know was, I guess it is an R&B song, but that song has broken Miguel and LMA's record, and it's falling right behind Chris Brown's record with Drake. So Chris Brown has, holds two records on the same chart, number one and two with no guidance and go crazy. To me, it's, I mean, it's definitely cool to see somebody have that much success on that chart, but that leads to the bigger question. Is anyone still looking to make hit records in 2021, 2020, or are people just concerned about the vibes? I think that people are looking toward creating hit records. But I'll say this when it comes to records and we're busting all these records. I don't think there's any coincidence that we look now in 2021, 2020 and 2019, all these long standing records that have standed for years and years, all of a sudden getting busted all over the place. Mm -hmm. It's because I think the metrics are changing. And I think that needs to be kept in mind when we have discussions about this, because it was just revealed not long ago that Maxwell's Ascension went platinum and we were in the solar serial cipher on facebook go join us there if you like talking r&b we were like people couldn't believe it they were like how could this classic song just go platinum it's because 
a lot of times, and I'm going to get on my old man soapbox here, so mm. get a drink and get comfortable. We're using different metrics to judge different eras. And this era is judged a lot by streaming and a lot of the presentations of the songs were much different than they were a few decades ago because hip hop is more mainstream. We see more hip hop flavored R&B records being pushed much, much further than something like a Maxwell Ascension that may be considered a classic in R&B circles, but not really in mainstream circles. So I see these numbers of the cousin Chris and the Nicki Minaj and all these people and we're screaming, they're better than the Beatles because they stream blah, blah, blah. Look, player, that's like saying <laughs> that, that's like saying Beethoven is whacker than the Migos <laughs> because you can't judge two different metrics against each other. So we're seeing these artists and good for cousin Chris and good for everybody else with these these songs just blowing up, busting records, and that's great. But I just caution everyone listening who used those metrics to measure them against songs from the 90s and the 80s and the 70s and try to place them above them because we're using two different numbers and two different sets of games. This is actually an interesting discussion. We were talking about this in our group chat, which is uh, always a, a fun place to have a conversation about R&B. But... I mean, there's a few things that, that come to mind. Like, are artists even really pushing that radio these days? Because, like, a lot of people get confused as consumers. You know, a hit, this doesn't become a hit. You got to put a lot of money behind it. I mean, yep. Chris Brown seems like someone who's always spent a ton of money to promote his songs at radio, and it's benefited him. But, like, you know, Avant is not going to come out and, and spend a million dollars to put his song number one on radio. It just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. This doesn't really have to do anything to do with the quality. You know, that's just how the landscape is. And, and if you look at Chris Brown's generation, who is he competing against? I mean, Trey Song's up. Like, he didn't do anything with his songs at radio when his album came out, yep. which he really liked, Kyle. Yep. And then, um, so who is he, uh, you know, who is he up against? But more importantly, Kyle, it, it, it led me to a conversation I had with you. Is Chris Brown's music timeless? I mean, what, what do people remember him for? He's had a ton of hits. Yeah, but at the end of the day, which timeless songs? And you gave me a few examples of, of ones that were the, his biggest hits. They crossed over. Yeah, and it's actually a fascinating um, discussion. But you 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 named a few, and I, I was like, "What, really?" Yep. Well, I think the conversation started when we were talking about that potential Usher versus Chris Brown. Yeah. Versus, and and I don't I don't need you to get on that. I know you've been yelling about that the whole week, but yes, um, Chris. And, and let me just say this, no no guidance and go crazy. Like in 2021, we have records that when you look at the charts, they're at, at like number three and you've never heard of them before. With these Chris Brown records, everyone has heard these records. So to me, those are actual smash hits. They're not just like payola driven records. There might be a little bit of money involved, but I, I can say at least those are actual hits. But in terms of his timeless records, I think a lot of it is... I don't know what you would consider timeless. I think maybe his first two albums, he has some timeless records, but it seems like over the last couple of albums, he's really good at just figuring out what's hot in the moment and really, you know, making his, putting his stamp on that moment. So it's a tough question. It'll, you'll have to see 20 years from now, if people are still blasting songs like No Guidance or Go Crazy or These Hoes Ain't Loyal. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that right now. I, I do know that, 
in that early 2010 mark when he was creating those EDM records like Turn Up the Music and Yeah Times Three or whatever. I don't know if people still listen to those records that do they? No, because what we're saying is, and I know that the cousin Chris Scan's gonna come for me. I don't care. But a lot of the music created in this moment today is for the moment because that's mm -hmm. what sells. They are not creating timeless records. And you have a lot of people on social media saying, well, yes, they are timeless. And it's like, dude, you've been listening to music for six years. How would you know what a timeless record is? A mm. timeless record transcends and it's something that you can revisit in a decade. I'll never forget. And I will always hold this above my boy's head when this Drake record came out controller some of y'all know it. <laughs> mm. uh, he was like i promise you that this is a classic record that will be played at cookouts this is like the day the album came out by the way and yeah. i was like i will bet you right here and a year from now will come to you and people will not remember that album cut like you said they do and of course they didn't because mm. it was hot for the moment and that's fine because chris and a lot of these other artists have found a way to I don't say manipulate in a bad way, but they know how to speak directly to their audience and you can kind of capitalize on the movement of the moment to make charting success. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier about knowing how to play the game and to play the system and to rank your stuff up higher. And that's why we see all this chart busting that we see now. Mm -hmm. But will that be a timeless record? I don't think so. Go ahead, uh -huh. Tom. I'll say one thing like you got I, I don't want it to seem like we're hating. I mean, you got to give him credit where it's due for being knowing the system, being successful, creating hits that his fans will then want to pay to see live, yep. which then he'll recoup all the money he's spending when he gets paid however much he does a lot to perform live. But the thing is, um, you know, when, when it comes to him, like I, I, I and this is just a wild thought, but I almost wonder if he could deal with not being in the mainstream or not being Probably considered not. relevant because of Probably his ego. Yeah. You're kidding me. If, if he didn't have a radio hit and people started saying he fell off, you know, you've seen him on social media, he would start attacking them. Yeah. So I almost wonder if, if these hits, uh, you know, and what he does at radio and spending that budget is, is fueled by his ego, but that's a whole nother thought. For no, time. you know, no, Tom, <laughs> you're a hundred percent right. I spoke to someone um, who is somewhat close to him. I'm not going to name who it is, but I think Chris has figured out that in order to stay quote unquote relevant in this industry, yes. you have to play the game. I think Sean Garrett actually mentioned that as well. And um, for that, you know, in, in some ways, Chris is smart for that because he understands what it takes or what he has to do in order to, you know, be in that position. But man, as a fan, at some point you just want to see him create that thriller type album because Everyone says that he has it in him, but if he's not focused on that, if he wants to remain popular and, you know, feed his ego, then it's, it's tough. But I will say this. Yes, we would love to see Chris Brown put out another thriller, but or put out a thriller. But how about this, Tom? He doesn't really have to do that. He has literally no competition. I'm actually disappointed in these labels and all of these management teams that haven't been able to put together the next Chris Brown because Chris Brown is he's 30 31 and he's still dominating the Mayo charts like that's something to be said both positive for Chris because he's done a great job at that but also man wouldn't you like to see another male star appear like Lucky Day is great um, mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of great male acts out there Gallant's great he just dropped an album but 
someone to Chris Brown's magnitude? Can we get someone like that? It's weird oh, it, because he has right, that ahead, star quality, in. though. No, I was just gonna say he has that star. He has that charisma. These guys you're naming don't really have it. I mean, who was that guy that was on that single with Brandy? Uh, Caesar, Daniel Caesar. Yeah, I mean, the, these guys are are not stars. I mean, they, they don't have the it factor. And I, from what I've seen, I don't follow them that closely. But they're just more like low key people. They're not going to be in your face, you know, kind of, you know, celebratory and all that, and having that charisma. So. See it, Ed. I mean, Ed, is there anyone who's catching your attention of the breakout star? Not unfortunately, no. And I mean, I have talked in the past. I thought that there was some I've seen potential here and there. I mean, I love what Daniel Caesar is doing. I love what Gallant's doing. I'll talk about that later. I yeah. love there's a lot of good music. I Lucky Day, and we joke about how he never creates a bad song, and that's true. I finally listened to his EP the other day. It's mm. one of the best of the year. These dudes create good music, but when it comes to the top-level stardom, look at today's biggest stars. Cousin Chris, Lil Nas X, Cardi B, Megan Thee Stallion. These are artists that beyond whether you like their music or not, they have a large presence, and it's very big on social media. They know how to present themselves in bombastic, outrageous ways. And the artists that I just mentioned are incredible artists, probably better than some of the names that I mentioned. But when it comes to the star level, they don't have it. That's why I give Chris credit for that. But to Kyle's point, it is frustrating as an art, as a fan, when you see an artist that you know can deliver a better album than we get. I listen to these albums with the 55 tracks on them, and I could easily pick out 13. And it would be the best album he's put out in a decade. Mm. But that's not what he's for, because this audience doesn't care about albums. They don't measure greatness by albums. They measure greatness by, do you have a song that moves me in this moment? Do you have a song that trends on social media? Do you have a song that's going to make all the, the news outlets pissed off and write all these think pieces so we can say, oh, they're out of touch? If you have those elements, you're a star. If you have a collection of good music, and it's weird that we're at this place, but that's where we are. Yeah. Yep. Last one I'll say is uh, a name that did come to mind in terms of somebody that I thought would be a star. And I think he is. Miguel is a star, but he doesn't seem, Tom, and you might be, you've met him, so maybe you can tell me if it's true, but he doesn't seem like the type of guy that wants to be in your face all over magazines and, and, and blogs and all that. He just wants to make his music. There's a little yeah. bit of mystique to him, but he doesn't want to be a super, superstar. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he yeah. he's... He's super cool. He has charisma, but he, he's a regular guy. He's married. I mean, how many R&B artists are even married that you can think of at that age? So, yeah, I mean, he's, the, some of these guys are just normal. I mean, even look to the 90s. John B., Donnell Jones were some of the biggest stars. They're just normal, humble guys. But nowadays, you need to have that extra level to be considered a star. And that's what it's all about. So, yeah, it's a different time. It's different for sure. Um, but let's uh, let's get into our weekly picks, our weekly music picks. Just a song that you were feeling this week. I'll get I'll start first, and it can be an old song, it can be a new song. But this is going to be kind of surprising to you guys. But I really like that new Tank record. Can't let it show. It has that Maxwell sample that like I don't think you're allowed to sample Maxwell, but he did, and um, you know it pissed a lot of people off. But I listened to it, and I really like especially like that latter half of it when he's going off, especially in that like bridge section, and uh, really reminded me of like a maybe I deserve type of record. So 
I got to give Tank some sh- a shadow for that one. <clears throat> All right. Yep. And you, you want to go next? Certainly. And I mentioned it a little earlier. I really like Gallant's new EP, Neptune. His last album I thought was solid. I didn't mm. think it really measured up to his last one. But this one right here really took me by surprise. It's really good. Your girl, Brandy's on it. Kyle, your girls, <laughs> Tom, Van Jess <laughs> is on it as well. So check it out if you haven't. My favorite song is probably Julie. I thought it was really fun. It's right. a really strong EP from bottom to top. I didn't review. I usually don't review EPs, but this is still one of my favorite projects of the year. Nice. What about you, Tom? I'm going sh- to shout out our friends, Kindred, the Family Soul. They just released their yes. album, Auntie mm-hmm. Anunk, uh, a couple of days ago. And, uh, <laughs> you know, great quality album as always for them. Live instrumentation, music with feeling, soulful, everything you'd expect. I love that song, The Best Things. They released earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. You know, really, really special song there. So... Shout out to Kendrick, the family soul check the new album. Auntie and Uncle. Tom, Tom, I just listened to that like maybe an hour before we dropped on this. I loved it. It's got a song called Made It. That was going to be my number two if somebody already picked Gallant. So, <laughs> yes, co-sign Kendrick. That's that. a good pick. Love yep. those two. Yep. Um, can we talk about Versus here? Uh, everyone's favorite uh, event on Instagram. Oh, uh, boy. Well, they announced a new battle, which is pretty epic, which was SWV versus Escape. But before we get into that, Tom, you'll love this. You'll love this story. So huh. Swiss Beats, uh, he announced or he revealed that Dr. Dre was supposed to take part in a versus battle. So he was all the way in. And then the first episode that he tuned in, it, it, tuned into just to see what it was all about was the Teddy Riley one. And after he saw... <laughs> How bad the sound was and the Wi-Fi, he said, I can't be associated with this. Oh, man. <laughs> see, I thought that was great. I mean, they, see, that to me was when it was special. I mean, come on. You got, they tried. Teddy Riley was trying. You know, I mean, what, what can you do? What can you yeah. expect? They didn't have a tech guy with them there, did they? I mean, come on. Yeah. It provided a lot of memes. It was kind of a mess. So I can see Dre being like, okay. But I wish he had looked at any of the others because... That was just one off that. Come on, Dre. You can come at the verses. That was just one. Come one on. Off thing. It no, was I mean, Dr. Dre, when it comes to his music production, his sound, it has to be top notch quality. Yeah, you that's can't true. Have, oh, no that, question. That's his brand. There can't be any hiccups. That's why we buy the Beats by Dre, right? Are those good <laughs> headphones, Tom? I had those about 10 years ago, actually. And then mm-hmm. uh, in New York, everyone had them. Like, I need these. But then it kind of. I don't know, Ed, in your part of the country, do people still wear those? They kind of my part out. of the country. And yes, in the Hudson igloos that we live in, yes, we found some way to plug them into the wall. But no, <laughs> they were, I've heard them. And I mean, they were good, but I'd never really fell for the big hype. Like they were, they were better than like Walmart headphones, but mm. I don't know. This, this whole like, they are the most important headphones you could ever have because you could never hear every nuance. I mean, I guess play. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. Who won't? Well, that. didn't Dre sell them off to Apple and then like remember Tyrese was up in the video claiming Dre was now a billionaire? Yeah, know, something he's yeah. <laughs> yes, your boy Tyrese spilled the beans and then before the deal was done and then everybody freaked out. So I don't know what happened with that. Yes, <laughs> please tell it. Yep. Tyrese, Shout out to Tyrese is usual. Yeah. Kyle's boy. Your boy. My yes, guy. Kyle's boy. And then, of course, now Apple is uh, killing it with those AirPods. Everyone wears those AirPods now. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Everyone. I've got some right over here. It seems like the easiest thing to lose on a side note. It just they, that thing will just fall your ear. You lose one, you need to buy a whole new set. I mean, it's you, true. that's like eighty bucks a pop right there. No. Well, I got them for Christmas, so I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll have to ask the wife what that one was. All there right. You go. Well, versus, we've seen a lot of great battles and uh, some that weren't as great, but we have a new one here. They announced SWV. Versus Escape, two of the premier yeah. 90s R&B female groups. Uh, both have hits. Both have great legacies. Tom, Ed, talk to me about your thoughts when you hear this battle. Oh, Ed, I told you guys this in our chat. This is not the matchup I want to see. It'll still be great. I, I think all of these things are great for R&B because they allow us to celebrate our legends. People get mm -hmm. excited. But I really thought that SWV should have had a better matchup. I mean... I consider SWV among the greatest groups in the 90s. I agree. And I, I consider Escape just a step below, just a notch below. I don't think they had as many hits. I mean, you can check the charts on that one, but mm -hmm. I, I, I still think it'll be great. I really hope they don't let Candy play her written songs or whatever the people are talking about, but Ed, it'll be fun. But I don't know. I want to see a better matchup. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned TLC and some others, but to me, I don't feel like that's fair because in the 90s, the two that were always compared were Escape, well, yes, Escape and SWV. Just like to me, when we talk about Chris Brown, why people keep mentioning Usher, it was Chris Brown and Trey Songs. Like, why yep. are we bringing Usher into this? So, mm -hmm. like, that's the battle. So, I get that. But the kind of fundamental issue with Versus is you want to capitalize on nostalgia, kind of going back to the Brandy versus Monica, like the natural rivalries that fans kind of create in their minds, mm -hmm. but it doesn't really match up on paper. I love escape. I think everybody knows that. I love SWV. I think everybody knows that as well. When it comes to hits per hits, SWV kind of crushes them in a lot of ways. And that's <laughs> yeah. not to say that SW, I mean, that escape doesn't have hits because they have plenty of hits and that taking away the candy stuff. Like they have plenty but their run was smaller. They had a shorter run. Yeah. Their kind of, I would say their scope was a little smaller. SWV just always felt slightly above. And again, taking nothing away from my girls, because I thought Latasha should have been a solo star. You heard it mm. here. Mm -hmm. I thought <laughs> she was incredible. So, and y'all also sleep on their third album, because their third album is great. But when we put song versus songs, I think SWV kind of knocks it out of the park, but it's going to be a fun versus no doubt. Do you think Escape, if they didn't break up after their third album, could have gone on for a little longer? Because I feel like that sound that they created, their style, it would have fit well in the 2000s. Absolutely. If you look at their three albums, they were able to evolve each time. That first album, they were straight up chicks with the, the Tims. Look like they just beat you in front of the bodega. <laughs> like that's mm. how they first came out. They went with a more classier sound every time, kind of sexed it up on the third album. I guarantee you they would evolve into the 2000s and probably been one of those groups like Jagged Edge that we saw go from the 90s well into the 2000s and was able to keep changing it up. I really thought that they could have done that. And whereas SWV kind of took that time off, if they had done that, man, this would have been a closer fight and they would probably be even remembered even better. So mm -hmm. I wish we got more of them. To this day, I wish we got more Escape because they're great. Can you guys answer that same question for SWV? I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. they, they came back together over a decade later and came back with an album. 
I just wonder what their trajectory would have been had they continued past their third album into the early 2000s. Would they have made it? Mm. Would they have been a success? Well, wait, just to correct me if I'm wrong, the third album is Release and Tension, right? Yes. Yes. Yes, that was 97. Yeah, well, here's how I look at it, right? So when you look at Escape's first album versus their third album, you know, their style may have changed a little bit, but sonically, you could still kind of tell that it's the same group. With SWV... that third album, though, was was label force for SWV. You guys know that. I mean, there yeah. was a rapper in every song. Yeah, so that wasn't really them, you know. But if you have that, can you really go backwards and go back to the stuff mm. that they created with Brian Alexander Morgan? I don't know. Like, that's kind of hard to do to present something to the fans. And, you know, it might be forced to them. But, you know, Ed, I know you love that really some tension album. And it's I, very, yep, very hip hop driven. So. You go from that back to the original sound. Is everyone going to hop on? What about those new fans that love those records that, you know, they did with Missy and Tim? Like, is that mm-hmm. even possible? I think they could transition well. I mean, it's not exactly the same, but I look at Coco's album, which was 98, 99, mm-hmm. and she was able to kind of just switch it up a little bit. I don't see why Taj and Lily are going to jump on that board too. So possibly yes, but I think the reason why I just kind of lean with Escape is because, number one, there's kind of an underdog thing there with them, and I just want them to win, but mm-hmm. we just didn't see it. Coco, we were able to see a little bit of glimpses of what SWV could be. Then they had the big reunion about a decade later. It was still pretty good. So yeah. we saw what they could do. feel like there's a little bit of a question with, X, with Escape, and to me, I thought they could really transition well. But regardless, if both would have gone on to, to the 2000s, they would have seen success. Yeah, that's that's a great point. What's your favorite, guys? Uh, I'll ask you guys this on the spot. What's your favorite SWV record? And what's your favorite Escape record? Mm. Let's think hard on about the spot. this. One. Can I check my iTunes for this? You, you can check your iTunes. I mean, for oh. me, I'll, I'll go first, right? Okay. So my favorite SWV record will probably have to be Rain because I, I think it's just an amazing song. But Use Your Heart is up there as well. And then for Escape... Man, Escape has some hits though. Like they have some really good album cuts. There's that yeah. record that Joe Joe wrote, "Softest Place on Earth." I love that song. That's a great song. I was that's thinking really, of that. One that's a really good song. Um, and there's a handful of other ones. I, I I might have to check my iTunes too. But Ed, what's your favorite from Escape and SWV? Escape to me, especially on that third album and second album, they are like the queens of the album cuts. There are so many songs on those albums that people just like the runaround and your eyes. There's so many songs that don't get any hype that are incredible. And to me, match up with the singles. I would go. I know you're going to roll your eyes at this one, but Mm. their cover of Am I Dreaming with Old School and my boy Keith Sweat. Mm. I thought that was incredible. So that's probably my favorite from them. SWV, it's hard to beat that right here remix. That's the first thing that pops in my head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I- I'm not going to pick the same SWV song. Right here remix is probably it for me. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to say weak. That's another obvious one. I actually really like I'm So Into You. You know, I got to go with the up tempos, and yeah. that's, that's going to be yeah. my pick. But they have, so- they, have, they have some great album cuts, too, that I really like. Uh, Escape, I'll go with the same one you said, Kyle. Softest place on earth, I like. Yeah. But they have, they, they're another one who doesn't really get celebrated nearly enough for yeah. their albums. And like you said, Kyle, it almost feels like nowadays they look at Candy as a reality star and, and Tiny being T.I.'s 
life you know they, they had the reality show but the yeah. reality is they had three really good albums so yeah we gotta give them credit for that yep absolutely i'm looking forward to this versus battle versus if you're listening we still want those producer battles back i'm still waiting on my beacocks versus dark dark child battle but we might Is not, not get didn't, that didn't they say jodeci was coming i mean what i thought they signed the paperwork but yeah that? so it was supposed to be jodeci versus drew hill it was going to be cisco versus casey and then i think casey backed out of it last minute wait what cisco they're representing the groups is that what it yeah yeah oh come on that was not I mean, how else would you get it? Yeah. Because with Drew Hill, you got 74 dudes, and you know all of them aren't showing up. <laughs> yeah. so. Tom, are you flying for the plane ticket for Smokey and Black to go from Kentucky to, to Baltimore? Oh, come on. Listen. I'm, that pick them up. I'm not that far. <laughs> they, they, I feel like we've had so many false starts. I thought I saw that boys to men sign paperwork at some point, too. Like, what yeah. even happened? Some well, things? now, Beats, now some of it now, you got to be careful because I've seen Music Soul Child against Anthony Hamilton. Some of it is just people making up crap. And yeah. then that goes viral. And then music has to come out and say, I ain't say that. And <laughs> Lil Kim versus somebody was another fake one. So you do have to be careful. But I do yeah. remember the Drew Hill versus um, Jodeci. Casey, whatever it was. So yeah. that was, I think. Which is also a weird battle. I don't think. Yes, very I don't weird. Know, I don't know why people keep putting Drew Hill and, and Jodeci together. Like, Drew I Hill know, was inspired just, by Jodeci. You can't do that. And that's what kills me. It's the same thing when T.I. was running his mouth and Buster Rouse was like, okay, I'll challenge you. And he was like, no, 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 you're not in my generation. And people were like, oh, well, that's right, because they didn't want to see T.I. get dusted by buster <laughs> but you can't have it both ways either it's going to be a generational battle or not so jodeci boys and men okay drew hill jagged edge okay those are generations when you mix them it gets weird well Listen, we, we we know the matchups that need to happen it's unfortunate that a lot of these artists probably just don't want to do it yeah yeah they don't no yeah. one wants to take the l because lord knows that's the biggest sin on the internet to take the l <laughs> <laughs> well ed if if not Jodeci and Jagged Edge already got taken, who would Drew Hill even battle? Like Silk, Blackstreet? No, I wouldn't count them either. To me, it's Drew Hill, One Twelve, J. Like that's that's uh, the next the battle. So next, next would be the next would be yeah. next in line. But next, but when that, you think about that, there's not enough hits to, no. to even. Yeah, I mean, but Drew Hill really doesn't have enough hits either. If you think about it, I mean, but, but they have those big ones. Like, but still, but, like, if but you're next does as twenty well. songs. Next also if, if has some. If yeah. you're trying to fill twenty songs, I guess people aren't going to recognize enough, even though they should. But hey, and man, that's the know. other thing. Yeah. If we're doing twenty songs at this point, we've named all of the big hitters. I mean, Boys the Men, a couple of other ones got twenty, but who has twenty songs? Hey man, not Drew, too many. Drew Hill can play Wild Wild West. They can play those Cisco records. <laughs> I think Wild, Wild they, they West. Can, they can keep Wild Wild West. First of all, <laughs> that one. Uh, all right well uh let's get into the chicken intermission guys oh boy look player you have sent me this image 18 times so let's talk about it i'm excited about this so tom have you tom have you had the meatball sub from subway when i used to eat red meat yes however i never turned back and i don't miss that at all to be honest well, Sorry, Subway. They're another sponsor down the drain, guys. Money well, out it's crazy because uh, <laughs> Subway at one point was like the biggest fast food chain ever. Is it still that? I see a lot of Subway stores closing now. 
I don't know well, if anything's the biggest fast food chain ever now in the pandemic. Have so. you guys even seen how they cook the bread, though? I mean, it's kind of gross. The okay, thing comes in, in, in like a package. It's like this little shriveled thing, and then they put it in the oven, and all of a sudden it's just like, Shh. I don't even think it's really bread if you read about it. That sounds like the thing. Remember when we were kids? It was like this sponge thing you put in water, <laughs> and it got like really big. That's oh, what it. you just described. The dinosaurs? Yes, <laughs> yes. yes the dinosaur things. Yes. Yep. <laughs> So uh, McDonald's is coming out with their own meatball burger sandwich looking thing. And uh, it looks quite tasty, guys. I I'm excited to try it. First of all, you're lying to the people. It looks the opposite of tasty. It mm. looks like somebody ate a, a meatball something, scooped the remnants out the toilet, <laughs> slapped it on a burger. It was oh. like, eat it again. Well, you know, you, know, you know what the problem with eating sandwiches like that is? And I wish we had a picture, but and the same no, thing with the no Subway music. meatball thing. You take a bite of one side, it squishes everything back, and the meatball in the back comes flying out the other side. Yep. So you yep. made a huge mess. That's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> Hold on. There. And see, even I mean, that picture, it doesn't look that bad. But trust me, it's clear, close up, it looks terrible. When it looks you eat like that, though, think about biting down on that. The whole thing is coming apart. Well, hold yes, on. It's all falling to pieces. Okay, you guys are a bunch of haters, right? Let me ask you guys this. <laughs> Is there anything at McDonald's that tastes bad? I'm not saying healthier or not healthy, but does anything taste bad? Everything tastes somewhat good there. But that's the formula for success. Fast, tastes good, cheap, not necessarily healthy, but, you know. Hey, if it tastes good, I I'm all for it. But yeah, I couldn't. Well, I mean, he's probably right. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't tried the filet of fish or the McRib, though. I don't know if that tastes any good. Just because it tastes good doesn't necessarily mean it's good <laughs> food. Like it's yes, a lot of McDonald's stuff tastes good, but mm -hmm. is it good? I don't know. Like if you just ate the bread, I'm sure it would taste like construction paper. <laughs> but like when it's somehow put all together, okay, it's all right. It's fun. <laughs> put it all together. Put that M logo on it. That art. That golden arch, and it's a five star classic. Oh my gosh. Now this is why we have cousin Chris and people telling me everything he does is a five-star classic. Mm. He is the McDonald's of R&D. <laughs> that, that's what you got from that conversation? Oh, yes, boy. that's exactly what I got. Oh man, all right. Indigo is the meatball sandwich. All oh right. my. Wow. <laughs> all right, uh, let's focus in now. Uh, can we give a quick happy belated birthday to Mariah? I saw that all, of, all over my timeline yesterday. Yes, I saw that everywhere, too. Then I also saw people yelling because it was like, y'all know Mariah don't celebrate birthdays. I'm like, what? you can't win on this internet. You can't mm. win. Wish her a her happy birthday, then you get yelled at. Her fan base, and uh, we're about to be in trouble, but her fan base seems like the type to get pissed at you if you didn't wish her a happy birthday like before noon on her birthday or something. Like, you were yes. too late. Yeah. You're in trouble. But then if you do wish it, it's like, <laughs> why did you wish her a birthday? You know she doesn't like birthdays. You can't. <laughs> Yeah, so oh, so uh, like we posted a Kelly Price interview not too long ago, and Kelly Price spoke like super positive about Mariah. Got attacked by the by the Mariah stands, and then what they did was they went on our YouTube channel and dug up every Kelly Price interview we've ever done. There was one from like ten years ago, and they started going in on that inter on that oh, interview my too. God, that's, that's dedication. Listen, Mariah don't care, y'all. She don't care. <laughs> She's laid back, sipping on her champagne, yeah. celebrating her birthday anniversary or whatever she calls it. She don't care that you're around here yelling at a 10-year-old interview. Calm She's down. Out. 
she's out somewhere spending her Christmas money. You know that. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. exactly. That Christmas money never ends. <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving. But, <laughs> exactly. uh, but I know one thing Mariah cares about, and we should too. And I want to talk about this because we've seen all the posts from everyone else, you know, about favorite songs and favorite lyric. But I want to get into what I think is probably one of the most significant things about Mariah, which is your favorite Mariah Carey remix. Yes. She's had a lot of them. And when we talk about remixes, we're not talking about just adding fabulous to a verse or <laughs> <laughs> oh, John, it's a fabulous because that's what 2000s. He was on like every verse added. Yes, he was. Or <laughs> or just adding a random Migos feature. Rick, Rick Ross. Rick I mean, Ross, yep. Rick yeah. Ross, yes. The sure. verse had nothing to do with the song that we just slapped in there. No, he just but it's, pulled it out of the bag of verses. But, <laughs> but it sounds good. But Mariah, what she was able to do, and shout outs to Jermaine Dupri as well because he's a master at that too, is that they're able to take original songs, remix them to where... It still sounds like the original, but it sort of doesn't. I think about a song like, like when I think about Drew Hill's In My Bed that Jermaine Dupri did. Two different songs, but, you know, it's the same song. But with Mariah yes. Carey, a lot of different remixes that she's done over the years. All are really good. What's your guys' favorite here? Because I'll name a couple that I think are significant and come to mind. You have the Always Be My Baby remix with Escape. And Brat, you have Brat, uh, the Brat, the Brat. <laughs> oh, excuse, got to put the qualifier in there. Okay, uh, we have the "Thank God I Found You" remix with Joe mm. and Nas. With that, that one sampled some guy, didn't that? Some some just, legend, yeah. Just, just just some song. <laughs> oh, and then for my younger peeps out there, you have the "We Belong Together" remix. That was the DJ Clue remix with Styles P. Jada Kiss. Is there anyone else on that? I think that's it, right? I think it was them. I don't think Sheik showed up for that one. Yeah, so a lot of remixes, a lot of different eras. What's your guys' favorite remix? Um, First of all, before I jump into the remix, I just gotta... I, I know people always say, oh, you guys always glamorize the 90s. You act like it's so great. Let me tell you something about the 90s that was not great. It was the 90s remix. Because you would get an album and you would be like, I love this song because it was played on the radio. So of course you would think it would be on the album. Oh no, that song that you love was a remix and it did not make the album and there was no streaming. So if you couldn't find a single for $4.99 somewhere, you were just out of luck and at the mercy of the radio. I hated those times. So shout out to streaming for allowing us to get all the rare remixes now. But anyway, my favorite Mariah remix, Easily, and probably one of my favorite Mariah songs, the Stay a While My All remix. Mm. Mm. That's the wow. one with um, who's on that one? That is uh, your guy there, the right? Uptown Baby guys yep. on it. Yep, Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. Yep, your boys. Yeah, New York. <laughs> Tom, what's yours? <clears throat> I think you know mine, Kyle. I'm going with the Roof remix. Ooh. I just thought it was so epic how she came together with Mob Deep and they brought along my boy, Big Noid. You would never have expected this on a Mariah. <laughs> Big Noid. This wasn't like, I mean, think about when she collaborated with Wu-Tang and Mob Deep. This isn't like Taylor Swift with the Migos or like 
Maroon 5 with Cardi B. This is like Mariah getting with the biggest street rappers of the time and making it feel authentic. I mean, to me, I, I loved it. And that remix is one of my favorite songs ever. Love I'm it. saying it would be like Taylor Swift with Kyle's boy, West Side Gun. Like it was just, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. make sense. Paper, yeah. But it absolutely makes sense. Well, I've got a couple I'll name off. I think Always Be My Baby, the remix is, is fantastic. The Under, Underneath the Stars remix by Trackmasters. That's an amazing remix. And oh, I'll give you this one. one. I'll give you this one. I don't know how many people know about this one. The I Still Believe remix by Stevie J featuring Emil. Tom, I know you love Emil. And Emil. Ed, your, and your girl, uh, Ed, Mocha. Mocha and wow. Emil on a track together. <laughs> Talk about 1998. What is going down? Whatever happens. Is Mocha, is Mocha <laughs> from Virginia Beach? Where is she from? Mocha. Um, it's funny you ask this because someone asked about Mocha and I kind of dug her up a few months ago. And now hmm. I forget what she's doing. But yeah, Mocha was on those rappers I just knew was going to do something because she was on every Missy remix for like five years. Yeah. But nope, she's laying low these days. I did track her down. I have to give a report next week. Mm, I like how no is one... Mocha, been... Go ahead, is she Tom. the same person as uh, Virginia Slim from that, uh, from that Genuine song? I didn't think so. No. <laughs> or or what, a totally... what about Nick? That's the same... What about Nikki from that Nikki from that genuine song Holla? Yeah, there's some obscure nineties rappers who were down with that whole crew. I don't know what happened to them. I don't even remember Nikki. Mm. (laughs) I remember the song, but I don't remember the rapper on him. I'm pretty sure that wasn't Mocha. Okay. Wow. Mocha was pretty distinct. (laughs) I like how we're naming all these remixes, but no one ever mentioned any of those dance remixes that were super popular in the nineties. Why? Because, I mean, I know that there's a market for that, and I'm sure there are people listening who are going to be like, man, I love that remix. But between Mariah and Deborah Cox, it felt like every album would have four remixes of the same song all on the back, and they all had the same tempo, and it was lighting the clubs up, but I was not in those clubs. <laughs> yeah. This wasn't my speed. Fair enough. Uh, it's time to get into some of our favorite things of all time here. Um, are we going with the milk carton first, Tom, or are we going with the love letters, Tom? I thought we were going with the chicken. I was like, we already did that. Let's go with the love letters. I got it ready, Ed. Okay, what you got this time? Love letters, for those who haven't heard before, Ed does a column on his site. Uh, Ed, you explained it. Yeah, so over on soulandstereo.com, you can scroll down and see the section called love letters. And this is where readers submit their love questions to your boy. And I give my sage advice, as I try to do on this podcast. These Mm. two don't pay me any attention. But this is how I give back by listening to people's business and putting it all on the Internet for everybody to see. And last week, you gave some great advice to a young lady named Shelly who was getting spit game to from J.C. Chasez. And uh, (laughs) I think think it's going to work out, basically. Who's (laughs) Shelly? How did you come up with that name? (laughs) (laughs) We got to go with fake names. We can't use real names. Yes, I think I can't use real names on love letters at all. But but you throw you throw JC Shazes under under the bus. Okay. (laughs) He can afford it. He'll be all right. All right. (laughs) So what I want you to do, Ed, we have I'm gonna name a song. You you tell me your response to the singer of this song. Okay. Because he was going through some things. You get you tell me, and we've covered this one many years ago, but Darnell Jones on where I want to be. Oh no, that, man needed, that, 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 that he needed some help during that time. He was going through it. 
what would your advice to him be when he was singing where I want to be? Let me tell you something about Darnell. Look, I love you, Darnell. I love you. I just listened to your album not long ago. I was trying to catch up to some albums and people were giving it a hard time. I didn't think it was as bad as people were saying. Darnell's my boy. So, but when it comes to this song, sonically, it is a masterpiece. Yes. Lyrically, it's a hot mess. So you mean to tell me <laughs> that you are telling this young lady, you know what? I'm about to cheat on you. But I am such a good man to you. I'm going to break up, go sleep around with some chicks, and then come back. And you hang out. And you just you, you be beautiful and pure and pristine. <laughs> and mm. come back. And once I get bored with them, I'll come slide back with you. And we can be a happy couple again. Can you imagine in 2021, if he puts a mess on Twitter like that, it would be the end. It would be the end of Darnell. No, well, can't co-sign that. To, to Darnell's credit. <laughs> at, least, at least he was honest. That's a hey, people yeah. people aren't even honest in 2021, Ed. They just go sliding in the DMs. They use that Snapchat thing now. That at least Snapchat he was thing now. At least he was honest. I think we have to give him that. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're honest, I guess, but it sure don't mean you're right. I know that they're gonna try to turn it around and brother gonna be like, Well, look, he didn't say he was gonna cheat. He mm -hmm. just said he had temptation and he's going to go figure some things out. I know what he's going to figure out, whoever that girl was he almost cheated with. <laughs> mm. He is looking for that hall pass. This is all it is, a self-imposed hall pass. Player, you oh, don't boy. get that. Because look, if he switched it around, what if old girl was like, you know, this relationship is cool, but I'll give me a free pass for like a month and I'm going to come back. He write a whole <laughs> diss song. It'd be his confessions too. <laughs> <laughs> I think Donnell wrote that song uh, after he wrote Shorty Got His uh, Her Eyes On Me. Oh. Yes, that's exactly what think, it was. I he, think that makes sense now. He went now. to the club. It was a quarter past three. Shorty had eyes on her. So he went back home and was like, I got to figure out where I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> to be. Hey, to be fair though, Tom, on the Life Goes On album, doesn't he have a part two to where I want to yes. be, where he realizes he messed up? He made it back. He made it home. That Good doesn't Darnell. count. You don't. He made it home. Yeah. He made it home after he'd been <laughs> creeping for a whole album. That doesn't count. Wait, was that the next album or is there an album in between? No, that was the next album. That was so the he next made it, so it, He came back by the next album. If there was an album in between, yeah. I mean, that was, I would say that's bad. Two so years the, later, he came back <laughs> after running the streets. Hey, man. He, no he messed up. He manned up to it and he's back with his lady. Uh-huh. I hope he doesn't have any side babies, so that's a whole nother album. <laughs> that's that's true. Um uh, Ed, did you check out uh that BT past the mic feature that uh DJ Cassidy had? I think it was yesterday. I, I did not. I someone posted it in the cipher. The only thing I saw was the beginning with Cisco flipping into the screen doing a one-handed cartwheel, yes. you know, his little patented <laughs> move. Yeah. I was like, Cisco is kind of old to be doing that. So props to that man for still being in shape. Yeah. Cisco is the Rey Mysterio of RB. Yes, he is. He just like <laughs> cartwheeled into the screen. I'm like, dude, you gotta be 50. How are you doing this? That's impressive. But uh what's super cool about that is um so Pretty pretty much DJ Cassidy got all of our favorite R&B acts from the 90s to kind of lip sing slash half sing over, you know, their big hits. We saw Genuine there. We saw Montel Jordan. We saw 112. 
Cisco was there. I saw Nokio there too. That was pretty cool. Soul for Real was there. A lot of great artists were there. Next was there as well. Um, but I think the most surprising thing was Missy Elliott and Gina Thompson. Now yeah, we've been a... trying to look for Gina Thompson for over a decade now. Very elusive. Um, doesn't really want to be in the spotlight, but they got her on this BET special and everyone went nuts. But Ed, from your Googles and your Wikipedia research, where has Gina Thompson been over the last so once, 20 years? Once again, you can go to soulandstereo.com, check out the whatever happened to section because I have an article on Gina. Of course, it's like, man, probably like a decade old now. So it's, it's due for an update. I was browsing through it. I was like, man, I was wilding out on this article. But Different a decade, though. No, nothing 20... has really changed, though, in the past decade, so it might and still be up to date. <laughs> I was going to say, it's probably pretty accurate, because when <laughs> I went from that to my Wikipedia search, I was like, well, nothing changed. Mm. However, just a little quick primer for those who don't remember, Gina kind of stormed on the scene circa around 1996 with that Things You Do. What a fun single. And yep. it was one of the debuts. It may have been the first time we saw Missy Solo. It was the first time I remember her. So if it wasn't the first, it was one of her first kind of appearances. What a fun single that has gone on to test stand the test of time. Yeah. We never really got a lot after out of her from that. But in 99, she was due to drop another album. And she had another single with Missy called Yadi Da, which I wasn't a big fan of. I know some people like. But the album got shelved. I think the album, at least at the time when I did my... Um, whatever happened to the album was on YouTube, so you can probably find it there. Had a song with your boy Tom John B that I thought was pretty good. Great but song. With that album shell, then she tried again in 2009 with another album, but the album was basically like of the 12 tracks, it was like two tracks and then like 10 remixes. So I guess <laughs> they were doing a Mariah Carey slash Deborah Cox type deal with a whole bunch of dance remixes. That album was not very interesting. Mm. But since then, we haven't heard anything from her until a couple nights ago. So she's been laying low. I know that after the debacle of her second album, she decided to step away from the label thing, do her own thing, create music on her own terms. But other than that random Missing You album, we didn't get much from her. So it's good that she's back on the scene. I'm going to check that out after we get off of this recording. Hopefully my girl's looking good and doing her thing. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Gina Thompson. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> I especially uh, love that that Gina Thompson stuff, especially the remix. Yes, yeah, it was a yeah. it's such a fun summer '96 song. Yeah, yep. So that's that's a that's a testament to the times of that sample heavy era, though. I'll say that much. Yeah, of course. That yeah. '90s puffy sound. Which right, and that's kind of, and I kind of, I know now people are like, oh, I hate samples, but I mean, that was my era, so I don't mind samples if it's done well. Luther well, Vandross but... fans hated that era, so, you know. <laughs> Luther Vandross <laughs> fans. <laughs> at, least, the 80s. at least they still, they still supported Luther, and he was still going platinum. We weren't calling him washed up and falling off. Yeah, that's true. Shout exactly. out to those who still respected the legends back in 96. That's true. Um, I think that's it for this week's episode of the podcast here. Um, you can check out all of our episodes on Spotify, on YouTube, um, Apple Music, Google Music. Just search in, uh, just type in Soulback R&B Podcast. We should pop up. 
we are the number one podcast after all. So we are number so, one. So understand that. But Ed, what's going on with So In Stereo? Yeah, it's been a quiet week for Soul and Stereo. Like I said, your boy was a little under the weather, so hopefully we can pick it up next week. But if you did miss it this week, I think it was last Monday, I ranked the entire discography of our boy's new edition. And mm. since their discography, not too, too big, I decided to throw in a treat and throw in the Belle Biv DeVoe albums as well. So they kind of lengthened it. So go back and reminisce on one of the best groups of their era, new edition. You talk about a versus, they'll be hard to beat if they had a versus. Right. Their albums from all the way back in the 80s up until their most recent. Check that out. Ranked from worst to best on Solo Stereo. Could you imagine fitting six members into one little screen? Would that even be possible? Not in this COVID era. You better put your mask on. <laughs> all those brothers breathing on each other. Oh, Gross. Mm. All right. Well, Tom, what's going on with You Know I Got So? I'm um, trying to think if we did anything recently. Um, no, we didn't. It's been kind of slow. Yeah. <laughs> no, we did. No, we, no, we didn't. There's <laughs> we did some not. albums coming out though. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be picking up after seven. Just put out a new single. Yeah, it's on the site. It's pretty good. Yes, I meant to mention that. Yes, it's good. That I could have picked that one earlier. Um, but yeah, I mean, just check out that Kindred album that's on the site. We got a couple interviews we're working to lock in. Yeah. Um, you're going to a concert soon, Kyle. A virtual concert, maybe. I don't think I'm going to a real concert. <laughs> like, you You'll be, be the first of us three to go. You're yeah. the youngest yeah. one. You can go to a concert. I, I, I'm sitting yeah. that up. I'm not going anywhere until I get this vaccine. <laughs> Same. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think that's it for this week. Uh, it's an early episode. Uh, I don't know who's tuning into this, but you guys can again catch this later on. And uh, we'll be back next week with another great one. So you guys take care, be safe, and we'll see you soon.